It's for love, man. Nah, fuck. Don't kill love. Talk hands in the air and let me see you. Fuck you. This is Talk Hand Audio. How do you like me now? Let's do this! marking eight years of this shit since may 15th 2015 it's been nothing but fear sports and talking stupid on behalf of everyone here at tall can audio thanks for having terrible taste There we go, off and running again on uh, the eighth birthday of the Tall Can Audio podcast. Matt Robinson, Rob Christie, what's happening, man? I missed the I missed the the tee off with the light the candle to yeah. finish. Yeah, right after the I love it. <laughs> I love it. I miss it, man. I miss the salads. We tried to throw it back to as many things as we could there, right? Yeah, uh, don't kill love, too, man. I love that. Love. I'm out to do it, man. I'm gonna, I'm gonna kill it. Uh, but yeah, a little bit of the salads. We've got both uh, Brian and Amy, who both introduced several hundred episodes each over the years. The old uh, audio whiplash. How do you like me now? <laughs> um, yeah, man. Been, uh, I don't know. It doesn't feel like eight years. Because I guess really it, it's been way more than eight years. We just didn't include the microphones until eight years ago. But Correct. sitting around drinking beer and talking stupid wasn't new. No, that was just, as you say, they, we've just introduced the mics to that. Yeah. The world needs to hear this. Think about an eight-year-old Matt and what you were An doing. eight-year-old Matt? <laughs> yeah. An eight-year-old Matt. Well, you were like an eight years old. Uh, not that different than now, really. Oh, I, <laughs> I, I had a crazy good bowl cut. I loved it. I was probably still rocking a fairly curly mullet. Yeah. Yeah. If well, I was to recall uh, eight years what, old. That's what your dad's still that, rocking. They've run the, in the family, man. That's what we do. So... Uh, we're on social media at Talk and Audio. Give us a follow there and make sure you are subscribed to the pod. Man, we picked up a lot of new listeners here over the last month or so. Some of them from the uh, the Leafs episodes we've been putting out. We put out an episode last week where I gave my thoughts on the Ryan Reynolds situation. Got a lot of good feedback on that from Sen's Twitter, which is not a Twitter that usually gives me positive feedback. So welcome to you if you've uh, if you've jumped in here lately. We're we're not going to do a whole lot here to celebrate eight years, but we got beers that uh, that mark the early days of the pod. We threw back there some of the music, and uh, a little later on, I'm going to play for everybody a uh, our first promo. If you remember, Brian made us a, a commercial. We'll, uh, we'll get to that a little later on, but we did mention day one beers, man. What do you got over there? Day one beers. Yeah. Pre-craft. Yep. Right? This was just At a least drinking. For us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in terms of what we were drinking, there was all kinds of craft available, but it was, um, and in the early days we drank way more beer. There was more loaded shows. Yeah. Oh yeah. Like the, that, that first clip as we teed it off there, don't kill love. That's that one shitty USB microphone in the middle of the, like those are our punk rock days, right? Where yeah. It's unpolished. Garage band. Yeah, basically. And then, as you said, a lot more beer. A lot more beer. There was times I'd, I'd leave out of here where there'd be, you know, eight pints probably because we we do we do like three shows. Yeah, that's true. Per week, and then we would sort of break them out into forty-minute shows. Yeah, and so each show would have like 
two beer and there'd be a pre. Plus and then, probably have one before, yeah. And then quite often if you've had enough, you're like, oh, I'm just going to have one more because that's really what I need. <laughs> sure. And I remember the beer math. The beer math when I'm, I'm a younger guy, high school into college, and, and same for you, I'm, I'm sure, the little bullets, the 355s. Right. That's what beer came in. Yep. Right? You had this and then- The so, tall boy. It just became every beer was a 440, I don't know what this is, right? 440, right around there. And you're like, that's just a, you know, if I drink four beers, I'm like, that's, I'm really, it's like an extra beer. Equivalent to an old six pack. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so you start to drink eight and you're like, oh, that's the equivalent of 12 beers. And you're like, who says I'm rolling out to drink a dozen beer? I do. Happy Tuesday. <laughs> yeah, well, this is Sunday night. Right. Happy Sunday night. But I'll see you on Monday. I'll see you on Thursday and maybe a Friday show, whatever sure, it was, yeah, right? Yeah. We would do a couple of, you know, something really current sports-wise. We'd do a whiplash, which would be non-sports, right? Yep. That would drop somewhere else. And then something that was- Would keep. Would hold. Debate, right, of something best 70s Team Canada's or something, uh, and, right? see, and, and this was, uh, if I think about the, some of the stuff we did early on- I love the, we did a show on best covers. Yep. Right. So best song, songs we love, we each came with sort of five or six songs that were, where the cover was better than the original. Yes. In our opinion. Right. Uh, that was awesome. And and I think about that, I, I don't know if I've ever put more time <laughs> into something on this show than crafting the all-time Team Quebec versus your team all-time Canada. Team Canada. Minus Quebec. Right. Yes. And so we had the huge debate over Danny Potvin. Right. Right. Where he was born versus where he was raised. Right. I needed Potvin on Team Quebec. Right? <laughs> I mean, he was born in Hull, raised in Vanier, I think. So I needed him on my Team Quebec. But yeah, those sort of things where you, you know, we just had. A little all, more experimentation. <laughs> no penetration. <laughs> Full on <Not> experimentation. <laughs> so yeah, those sorts of things through the years, right, that have sort of gone by the wayside, right? But that there were lots of sort of freeform idea sharing. We did an entire episode that was nothing but breaking down the Mark Borvievsky, Eugene Melnick interview between two ferns set up there that they had and just ripping it, like literally line by line, yeah, tearing it apart. Well, uh, so a lot got, of difference. That's got fresh life here with, with Boro's retirement. True. Yeah. And it's too bad because just before he got traded, I wanted the library to do a, you know, get a Senator to sort of work, work with a, a you know, an advertising campaign. And I thought, what would be better than Boro a book <laughs> okay. with Mark yeah, Borowiecki? Okay. Just his face on the side of a bus saying. That's good, Rob. I like that. Boro a book. Yeah. You know, pretty, pretty clever, with his man. teeth out. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta be. Come on, man. And so then he got traded and he's gone, you know, but now he's retired. Maybe there's still a chance. So and, you're saying there's a chance. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm hoping. I, I, I can dream. So are you going to tell us what beer you're drinking? It's a day one uh, podcast. <laughs> did you ask that? I did. Did you ask that a while ago? Did it, day it, one it, beers? There's, there's echoes of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so, sorry, I'm like, that is also echoes of day that one. That is something that has never changed. Eight years. Matt asked the question. Rob's got something else preloaded. Maybe, <laughs> maybe Rob answers it. Maybe Rob doesn't. Um, it is, we are recording this on Mother's Day. I've taken down a couple of coffees with Irish cream. I've taken down a couple of Prosecco 
and grapefruit juices, mm-hmm. pint in the green room. Yep. This does have echoes of, of early shows. Early where, shows, yeah. yeah where, okay. you know what? Grinning, greased, and gassed. <laughs> um, I am drinking a Grolsch, Matt, to cycle back to the 10-minute-ago question you asked. Yep. Um, I loved a Grolsch in the early days when I was getting crazy and experimental with moving away from sort of your, your Molson Canadian, your Budweiser, your 50s. I loved a 50. <laughs> yeah, Grolsch. Grolsch came in the flip-top cap. Right. It had that little bit of piney, you know, a Dutch lager with that sort of, it had that hint of pine to it. As opposed to a Dutch rudder. Double Dutch rudder, my friend. (laughs) Wow. He has that cover. (laughs) Having right at it. Anyways. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) But I loved it. I loved it for, it's a nice crisp lager, but it had that sort of slight pininess that gave it a, it sort of separated it from your normal lager. So the Grolsch is what I'm drinking and uh, I've loved it. I've loved it always. This was one of the ones, like I said, as a, as a day one, early days of the podcast before we got into the craft thing, it was a lot of Grolsch. It was a lot of the one that I have here, Harp. Yep. Which, um. King of loggers in my opinion. Yeah. And like, that was an easy one for me even earlier on when I was starting to learn about imports and things like that. Like this one in an, in a room, like with your college buddies, who are still drinking, like this felt exotic, even though it's still just another. 100%. (laughs) I'm doing something different than everybody else, right? But are you really? Yeah. Uh, But Harp has always been an easy go-to, right? And if you're not sure what you want to do that day, how many you're going to have, what your guest might be into, just grab 612 Harp. You won't disappoint anybody, right? It'll be uh, easy enough. And And it it comes out of St. James Gate. Yeah. So same place that does Smithick, same place that does Guinness. And same place that does kill Kenny's. That's what I'm going with. Okay. Throwing it down. Uh, I am throwing it down with. Fairly tentative. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was going to say with authority. No, it's actually more tentative. But um, yeah, I, I always, as soon as, you know, mid to late nineties, I started, started getting to Europe on a regular basis and the British Isles, that was always now clearly Grolsch and the Netherlands, not in the British Isles. True. But I do love, and, and along the lines of a Kilkenny's or you get into any of the English bitters, that was always my go-to before a Guinness. Right. Uh, it was a nice entry point, right? Your English bitters, your Caffrey's, your John Smith's, your Flowers, all those gorgeousness, Tetley's, mm-hmm. just to me. So the English beers were always my go-to when I started to be more welcome to your English pints years. Right. Right. So, and it's, and it, years. yeah. And it's, and it's funny because you being younger mm-hmm. and, and you rolled into, into the scene as a, you know, late teens guy, right. Yeah. Or even early mid teens at some point, um, you were always a little more tentative. Yep. Right. In terms of, of working your way into or away from the, the known, but look at you now. People are phoning Look at up. me. People are Look phoning, what it's done to me. People are <laughs> People are phoning you up on the radio, yeah. Matt, beer expert. Yeah, apparently. Yeah, hey man. <laughs> yeah, I'm just saying. But I think um, I think your your beer tutelage. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you've done well. You've done well, Matt, over the years. Thanks, man. You, so it's a harp. I think you've had good. I think you've had good. I knew this was somehow going to circle <laughs> back around to. Uh, you've had good influences. I'm going to say though, first and foremost, it was your brother who hit me with the the tenants was the first yep. big step away from, yeah. he started looking at me and my bland beer takes and whatever. He's like, and ridiculing them. Yeah. And I, 
I think you'll be okay with this. Just try this. Like 12 of them later, you're like, yes. Well, good. <laughs> and see, it's, it's a bit, it's a bit multi, right? It yep. has a bit of that, you know, you've gravitated towards the reds yep. and the ambers. And so to me, that's an early, uh, tent pole there for you. You've true. planted that flag and yep. you're like, that's been true to your beer taste for these, whoa, these many years, <laughs> almost 23 or so now. Woo, it's a long time, man. True, man. So, but yeah, as you've moved your way through a bunch of things and didn't really love the stouts, then you moved hard into the stouts. Yeah. And then even on this show in the past couple of years, you're like, nah, I'm not a huge IPA guy. Yep. I hear you on the radio recommending a West Coast IPA. True, man. Yeah. So Matt, wearing his big boy pants has come. He's looking <laughs> oh, at that. He wears big boy pants. Yes. For sure. <laughs> so they may have an adult diaper on the inside too. Not just the pants. Right. We've do, we're have do. we doing well, it. If we're going to sit here and have- well, eight pints or a, so or a dozen That is pints. another before uh, another staple of the early shows. I don't know how to edit yet. We're sending these to a guy named Brian, who you heard his voice there, and you still do often as the the show starts. Um, he edited the early episodes for us as well, and to limit that, I would often see Rob get up from the table as I'm mid whatever comment statement vamping. And Rob's got to piss. And so since I know I don't know how to fix this later, I just keep talking, right? Like I'll just, and eventually Rob slides back in and, and responds to something I've said or, or what. And eventually people caught on, right? You start to, as the audience grows, it's like, oh, that was a Rob piss break. Matt's been talking for yeah. two and a half minutes uninterrupted. How abnormal. Because <laughs> otherwise Matt gets interrupted. We know Rob's gone. Yeah. Because <laughs> Can't be anybody there. But I think that's gone a long way to your ability to do it. Oh, okay, you were doing me a solid. No, this. no, no, no. But I'm just saying that, that life on the rocks, right? Yeah. <laughs> you know, you got to thrive. Yeah. Got to survive or, you know. Rob takes just as many pisses during these shows as he ever did, but I'm able to Perhaps delete more. them. And Perhaps more. True. Rob's not getting younger. Rob's getting older, right? And that just gets worse. That's so true. Yeah. I, I'm thinking about a catheter. There should be a tall can audio well, you're, catheter. You're, oh, we can brand them and. Yeah, yeah no, for sure, man. Yeah. When you're giving me shit for the adult diaper over here. And, <laughs> and I'm not giving you shit. I'm just merely suggesting not a bad idea. I don't want to just put on a diaper. You want to go full catheter over there? That's... Well, that, that would just allow me to drink <laughs> like with impunity. No problems. I have, there's no concerns. Yeah. I'm doing it over here. I'm doing my thing. Empty keg sitting beside you, hose yeah. running into it. Well, this is it. Intravenous, whatever. Yeah. Just having to go at it. Well, I was going the other way. <laughs> Okay. Okay. You're pumping it out into the empty. Um, okay. See, you know what? With the funnel. I can yeah. totally see it. Okay. It's your carpet in here. You're yeah. Not, you're not overly concerned about that. Mm, One of those no. 70s linoleum floors is what you need here. <laughs> He's aged. Mop in a bucket. Yeah. Rob side of the table. Uh, this weekend, we saw the, uh, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this, but it did kind of come to my attention here and, and we, I've sort of been following it, but over the course of the weekend, we saw the Red Blacks open up training camp mm-hmm. and uh, camps across the CFL get up and going. I'm just sort of curious, when we talked at the end of last season, you'd sort of had your enthusiasm for the CFL stomped out of you by another pretty lackluster Ottawa Red Black season. And I'm just wondering if you're, if you're ready to get hurt again, if you're getting... Or is, 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 are they going to have to show you something before you engage? Show me, baby. Yeah. Show me, baby. And, and, I, and, and my interest in the CFL, you know, as somebody who's had season tickets to not as far back as the Rough Riders, went to a pile of Rough Riders games when I was young, mm-hmm. but had Renegades tickets, season tickets for the whole 
you know, whatever, three, Existence. four years, yeah. and, and then picked it up again with the Red Blacks. And so um, I want to- They've s- hurt you. Yeah, and you want to see, well, the history of, of Ottawa football <laughs> sucks. The early Red Black seasons were were an anomaly, right, to Ottawa football. Well, not the first one. <laughs> no, okay. We, but were, the f- we were just willing to be patient with yeah, the Yeah, yeah, well, because it's an expansion team, yes, right? And, of course. And, and again, I was at every home game those years when we saw them lose to BC 9-6 <laughs> or whatever that was, 10-6. And right. you're like, oof, that's a brutal score, right? Um, but yeah, I, I am always willing and hoping to see the hometown team do well. It just, it just bodes well. But when you have a great venue that you and I have been to, you've been with others, right? And it's a great place to see a game. Mm-hmm. Like it's a great place, but sooner or later, you got to fucking win. Like I like to go and pound pints as much as an ex-person. <laughs> But I can do that on my couch with my catheter. I don't want right? to see a bunch of dirty Hamilton trash show up and, <laughs> and cheer in my building. Do you know what I mean? Yes. And and we're a government town, so when the when the when the Green Riders show up here, oh yeah, I say Green Riders because fuck you, <laughs> single word Rough Riders. What rough Riders. What are you doing? But yeah, there's there's people working for the feds, filling that building. And so, yeah, the closest time I ever got to throwing down at a, at a Red Blacks game, <laughs> I, I'm sitting in my season tickets and there's people behind me who are here for the Green Riders game. And so every time there's a big play, I'm up and I'm cheering. Right. And the person behind me going, every time you stand up, I can't see the field. Can you not stand up? I'm like, <laughs> I'm at a live fucking sporting event. I'm root, root, rooting for the home team. Beat it. Yeah. You don't like it? Watch from home. Go back to Regina. You know where you know where your view is unobstructed? Watching TSN on your own couch, you fat fuck. I was going to say, anywhere in Saskatchewan where you can see for days, hundreds of miles. Days. Yeah. So, yeah, it got a little heated mm. and I never stopped standing up because. Okay, so you give me shit about that time at the Jays game. Yeah, but that was very, it was very odd in an almost empty dome that you and this, you and this guy had this. Once he told me to sit down, I'm not sitting down. Ever. Ever. I will stand here. I'm going to fight you and your nine-year-old kid. four months. <laughs> <laughs> and yet there it is. Somebody behind you politely asking you to, to please remain seated. And you're like, fuck that. Yeah. Like stood for the entire second yeah. half. Well, and that guy way. and his kid should have just moved down. The whole row was empty. Yes. Just move the other way. Right. You and your kid are not going to get evicted if you sit four rows over. <laughs> it was just... Those of you who know, Matt is, Matt's not overly aggressive, but his stance that day seemed out of character. And it may have also been multiple pint fed. Well, they were only 12 (laughs) bucks a pint, I think. Well, and we hit that fucking Kelsey's or Casey's or whatever before we went. So, and then I think we met up with Scott, Scott afterwards Afterwards at the Elephant Castle. No, first it was the uh, the oh, loose moose, oh, and then over to the elephant see, if castle. You're, if you're drinking beers at four <laughs> different places in a night, you know the last establishment is not. That was where Scott and I formed uh, Simple of the Dog. Simple of the Dog, yep. <laughs> Good time. It was that. When sure. is Scott coming on this show, man? It's, I don't know, man. But I was just talking to him. He's preparing for a cycle from Montre- from Toronto to Montreal. 
well, it's only a little bit out of the way. 600 kilometers come on up here. change. And so, uh, yeah, he should but, uh, bring the whole Peloton up this way. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. so he's doing that. He, but as I've said many times for you longtime listeners, he is, he is the best Christie brother. Yeah. Maybe the less, the least sort of. Objectionable. Abrasive. <laughs> abrasive maybe is, abrasive is, and maybe that's what it is. Makes yeah. him the best is he's, he's the good time guy. He brings, uh, he brings. We've had your brother Jeff in here. At least once, and there is, as I've said before, there is a lost episode, and it's not lost. I have it. It was just such a gong show. It was. It went unreleased. Uh, a few too many in the green room before firing up the studio with Jeff that day. And uh, and the thing I remember most about that was two things really. Yeah. It's Jeff doing this. <sighs> You're like, hey, buddy, you can. You, you can, don't have to deep throat that. You microphone. can lean back yeah. off the mic just a little bit, right? Yeah. And then he would do a lot of talking like this, like "Hey, man!" Yeah. As he was reaching into the cooler, right? And that was the other thing was the Winnie the Pooh moment. Exactly. If you can think of Winnie the Pooh with his head stuck in the, <laughs> it's it's Jeff with his cooler beside him, and you could hear the clang clang of the empty, probably Grolsch or Sapporos. Sapporos, I think. And it's just this empty sound. He's like, so he's oh, digging through, looking for found a full it. one. And he's like, the pod's going to last at least another 15 minutes because <laughs> I've got one more beer. Uh, yeah, we got to get Scott in here at some point. So uh, we'll do that. But yeah, for me, man, the CFL, they've. All oh, right, that's where we were. <laughs> we're keeping true to our roots here, man. Um, as they fire up camp and the red black. Look, I'm. As a Leaf fan, maybe this is just in, I'm ready to get hurt again. I think heart I, is open. Yeah, the 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 offensive line has been reinforced here pretty nicely. I like that you're going to get your quarterback. What do you back. know? Mazzoli back and 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 hopefully healthy. Right. They just uh, re-upped there on Friday. Jalen Acklin gets a new deal, which is going to be terrific for them. And uh, it just feels like you know some of the moves they made in the off season, especially around that that offensive line to protect Mazzoli. If you can give a guy of that quality a little bit of time and not have his femur snapped in half by a cheap shot, you, you have a chance to to do some things here. And I'm not saying they're going to like win the East or anything, but I am confident. Feels like you. They'll feels win like, at home. Feels like winning the East is always on it's the table reachable. as yeah, a possibility. No, it's like, true. That's never out of reach. Well, do you remember like last year, we got like halfway through the season, the Red Blacks had one win and you were still like, well, we're only two games out of first. Yeah. Like, well, and it got to the, the end where you're East like, stinks. if we win four of the next five, we're in the playoffs. Yeah. Like, you haven't won four <laughs> games all season. What makes you, th- and this is the sports fan in all of us, right? Yeah. If I just go four, four to five and you're like, fuck, you haven't won four games all season. What do you mean? What makes you think that you can win four in the next five? This uh, is nothing. all hitting very close to home for, yes. for Leaf fans. Nothing. We'll nothing talk about is, that is, here shortly, too. Is actually what makes you feel that. Yeah. But it was just the East was so bad. No one ever got a, like made you feel like it was out of reach. So yeah. I, I, to me, I'm I'm intrigued by some of the things they've done. And um, I'm. I, New coaching staff. I, yep. Yeah. Bob Dice seems to have everybody fired up. And, well, and uh, we had Lapo on the show. Yeah. So I think when do we see Coach Dice? Dice, on the show? that's. Yeah, we've. We're, we've asked Hoff. We're working on it. We're working, we're working on, on it. Okay, a lot all right. Of things, I know. I know. And Hoff's, Hoff is Hoff's one of those people that you got to you got to keep at him. He's he's got a lot going on, and so he's a busy man. Yeah, for he's sure. a busy man, and 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 good to the show. So mm-hmm. keep going, Hoff. Keep doing your thing. Uh, look, we're gonna save a little bit of the hockey for a little bit later on. We got the Sens to talk about. We got the Leafs certainly to talk about. The Oilers still in it. We should probably talk about them a little bit. 
But I did want to touch on the WNBA game that went on down in uh, in Toronto at Scotiabank Arena on Saturday, sold out for an exhibition game between Minnesota and Chicago. And by all accounts, like just rave reviews, the energy in the thing when they were panning around the crowd, you could see the just huge numbers of girls in the crowd, right? That this would have been huge for parents taking their girls or girls dragging their parents, maybe more accurately yeah, sometimes, okay. right? Um, but just some athletes, some not, some just there to support the thing. When the uh, commissioner of the WNBA came out about 70 minutes, uh, before the game and held her press conference, even she kind of looked around, wow, at the number of, of media that was there. It's been a long time rumored that Toronto has been in the mix to get, uh, you know, an expansion franchise. And, And they did comment on that, that. They have sort of 10 cities in mind and Toronto is on that list. I wonder what you take away from an event like this that was clearly in the moment and like sold out incredibly quickly, how much you can take away from something like that. I I know I've often been critical, you know, I I don't want to be too much of a hypocrite here of the idea that, Hey, the Jays come to Montreal for two games every spring, sell those out and Montreal goes, see, we're still ready to support a, an 81 home game season, right? Like how much can be drawn from a singular event like this? And do you think it's representative of, you know, the demand in, in Canada and in Toronto specifically? Well, I can only go by, uh, by the experience. Yeah. So I've, I've the only NBA, I don't care a lick for <laughs> basketball of any variety. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have been to a couple games. Right. Um, I saw back in the early pre Raptors, I was at a Philadelphia a Huskies 76. game in the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> An Edmonton grad right. in the 50s. Um, I was at a Philadelphia 76ers Detroit Pistons in the Sky Dome. Nice. Right? Curtain up. Yeah, yeah. Back when they so, used to call it the Sky Dome Theater or yeah. something. And they would... so I had a chance to win a stack of compact discs. Ooh. As tall as Isaiah Thomas, just that's that's gonna date the whole thing. Wow, maybe ninety, but like the bad boys are either just coming off. Like it's Detroit's a big deal, right? And uh, it was an awesome event. Mm-hmm. Um, and then clearly Toronto has shown with the Raptors, even from the early days, yep. even from the Orlando Miller, Damon Stoudemire kind of, <laughs> that it's a, it's a basketball town, yeah, and. And I, I look at it, the, the dome was, they had big crowds there for that in, in the, as you suggest, the theater. Yep. They've embraced the, uh. Oh, remember the, 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 everybody always talks about if you're a Raptors person, the first time Michael Jordan came to Toronto and how wide they tried to push out that curtain, right? To 35, 40, I think it holds the record for biggest crowd ever yeah. for an NBA game was the first time Michael Jordan came to the Sky Dome. Yeah. So I look at that. And, and how, how great, how successful that is in terms of how, how wide the tent is for basketball in Toronto. And, and it's a, it's a multicultural, it's, it's, everybody's there. Right. Everybody is represented in the Raptors tent. And I had, I had boots on the ground at the game last night, right? My sister and her husband and the the aforementioned, uh, younger brother, Scott. Nice. Okay. They were all there. And and I was talking to Scott this morning as, uh, he was FaceTiming my mom for, for mother's day. Right. He said it was awesome. It was a great event. And so 
Uh, my my sister and her husband are are huge WNBA fans. Okay, nice. So, to me, I I think the way Toronto has embraced basketball in general, uh, I totally see it as. Do I think do I think nineteen and change is 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 possible every no, night? No, for probably not. It's Average in- attendance. I did some research before across the WNBA. Depending on the year, somewhere around five, six, seven thousand people. See, I think Toronto could better that. I do too, and it depends where you ask them to play. This is important, right? We've seen this happen before. If they're going to average, let's say above league average, let's say they're going to do nine or ten, right? You don't want them at the ACC. Do you put them in the Rockerola Center or whatever the Coca-Cola Center? I think it's now the Coca-Cola Coliseum. Yeah, which used to be called the... Rico Coliseum. Pap smear? Close enough. Uh, (laughs) Rico! There's enough um, OHL-sized barns around the GTA, or you could go out to Brampton or Mississauga where the Raptors 905 play. Like, we've seen what it does... Like for the Argos or for when you play and even draw a decent crowd of 22,000 people in a 50,000 seat building, it looks terrible, dead and it kills the vibe. It doesn't make it look like any fun. I would love to see them go to, maybe it is Coca-Cola Coliseum, right? Maybe eight, 9,000 and yeah. fill that thing up every night. I think you could do that. Well, right? here in Ottawa where they have the CBL. Yeah. Right. And they play out of where the 67s play. And so- when you get when they when they do basketball down there, whether it's you know U Sport or and you get five or six thousand people in a, a venue that is meant to hold five to seven, it's electric, man. And that's what you that's remember what you're when the Alouettes moved out of the Big O to McGill Stadium, yeah, Percival McGill Stadium. Stadium or whatever Percival it was, yeah. Stadium, yeah, and on campus at the university, and all of a sudden you go from this cavernous fifty thousand seat stadium. To this more like 18, 19, 20,000 seat stadium. First of all, everyone's having a blast and it creates demand. If you can't just walk up and get tickets, you start looking ahead. I better buy, buy my baby, tickets, buy right? And it becomes a scene. It becomes an event. Oh, it's a scene. <laughs> it's a scene. And so that was sort of my hope for the Argos when they moved to BMO. It never panned out that way. But I think if you did something like this and they said they have something like seven or eight groups interested in owning a WNBA franchise in in Canada. I, maybe I'm just a bit of a homer about this stuff. You're such a homer! Masai Ujiri is sitting courtside with his family. Larry Tannenbaum there, the chairman of the board for MLSE, was there. Frank Sinatra? If MLSE wants to do this, that's where you... Of course it that's is. That's the stable that you want to be in. It gives you access to, you know, the, all the startup costs that come with having to buy like hire ticketing people and marketing people, yeah. whatever it comes built in. They have access to, you know, Rico Coliseum when you want it or Coca-Cola Coliseum when you want it. And if you have a playoff event or an all-star game where you can do more, you then have access Pump to move into Scotiabank arena. Um, if they're interested and I would be very surprised if they weren't both Kyle Dubas and Masai Ujiri have spoken about being very pro WNBA wanting to get that done. Uh, to me, man, it, it is Dubas going to be working for the new. Well, team? that's a whole other. Uh, <laughs> he may be ready to be their GM. Yeah, here, that's right? what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Um, but it was awesome to see, man. Sold out. The whole thing was orange, like that's the color, right? Like they've got the hoodies, they've got whatever. They sold out a merch by halftime. By all accounts, the crowd was jacked. You mentioned boots on the ground. Our friends Michaela and Vanessa were down there okay, for. Uh, see? 
uh, for She's Got Game there on TSN 1200. Their show is has is podcasted now, which it hadn't been for a while. So they were pretty giddy about getting there beforehand, and I'm sure this coming week they'll uh, they'll have a full breakdown on it. So uh, to me, it was cool to see, man. And I, I don't think I don't think it hurts to have a reception like that and a crowd like that and buying up merch like that when you're trying to convince them that. Yeah, I know you got other cities you're looking at, but uh, I would be surprised. Uh, first of all, I was surprised that it was the first such event. Like my my sister said, yeah, we're going to the first ever WNBA game, and then you sent a, you sent a text last night saying sold out. Yeah, and so talking to my brother again today, he's like, yeah, the the environment was electric. It was a great experience, right? Yeah. And so first uh, one in Canada, they've been to yeah. Monterey and they've been to some uh, maybe London, somewhere in England. Uh, but, well, but to me, I, I bet you Toronto could be top five in attendance. Wouldn't shock me at and, all. And I, I think if you look at whatever the, the best WNBA teams, I think are partnered. And again, I, I'm speaking, this is my ass now talking, <laughs> which is not also new to the show. <laughs> but I, I think you look at the Phoenix, the Phoenix operation, I think mm-hmm. the best, the best teams are, are, are sort of in the same stable as a, you want to be tied to an NBA franchise. Yep. And, and it, for all the reasons you can do these sorts of things. I just think that you have to give, give professional women's sports of this nature, give them the best leg up, which is already in an existing franchise and let them sort of take roots and, and grow. But I would be very surprised if, if Toronto didn't, didn't kill this in terms of women's women's yeah. professional basketball. I would be very surprised. Yeah, same. Well, as you and I sit here on Sunday afternoon, uh, right now the Jays trail the Braves 5-4. to four. They have taken the first two games, though, in that series and looked, looked pretty good doing it. Um, you know, rough weekend in, uh, or week in, in Philly, two-gamer, whatever you want to call that, right? After a pretty good weekend down in Pittsburgh, um, the one thing that stands out to me just as I was kind of combing through my notes here of things I'd collected over the course of the week. Uh, Kevin Gosman has five appearances where he's given up zero runs and he's only won two of them. So uh, he's still, if we talk about him last year being the unluckiest man in baseball, that part seems to be continuing on. But overall, the team looks pretty good at this point. You're still wondering a little bit what's going on with Manoa and, and that slider. Uh, Brandon Belt appears to have woken up when I was ready to to have cut ties with him. After you actually were last week saying, "Pretty coming up soon to the time where you want to fish or cut bait with that guy." Last notch on the belt, I believe, is what yeah. I yeah, <laughs> said at that point. But he, even then, I was a little behind. He had started that week before to heat up, but I just wasn't buying it yet. Well, coming um, into Saturday, he was like fourteen out of his last twenty nine, or something along those lines, right? Uh, Bo's still lighting it up. Uh, I don't know, man, we can go in a number of different ways here, but, uh, what have you seen out of the Jays? What's on your mind here with them this week? Um, it's really, it's to me, the Chris Bassett start on. Yes. Uh, and, and on Friday night where he went. That nobody com- watched. I watched the complete game, three zip. Head to head with the Leafs. Yeah. I was back and forth, yeah. but, um, Leafs thankfully went to overtime. Dan, Dan Schulman on Saturday said, Yay. yeah, you missed the Friday night game. Apparently there was a hockey yeah, game exactly. happening. <laughs> um, the best game, yeah, that nobody saw. Yep. Um, but the idea, and I'm like, I can't remember the last time a Jays pitcher went, went complete game. And he said, well. Let me help you with that. Strangely, you asked. Yeah. Yes, it was um, last com- Mark Burley. Well, last complete game was Marcus Stroman. 
but the last complete game shutout was Mark Burley in 2015. Okay. Yeah. Eight years. Yeah. It's been a while. And so that Braves team, they got some, they got some killers. They're good. And Lacuna, I think Acuna maybe he's got to be a top three player. In, oh yeah, in the MLB. and maybe the most exciting one to watch, like just the way he plays the game. And he's got a cannon for an arm. Fuck yeah, man! Like. He's and uh, coming in today. I think he was seventeen for nineteen or eighteen out of twenty in steals. <laughs> got power coming out his ass. Like he's just he's a he's a stud. Yeah, I don't know what they're paying that guy. Not enough. <laughs> Strangely, I think more it's, to come. <laughs> I think it's well, I think it's huge. I think they've already signed him to oh, this. Yeah. But. But Anthopolis has done a nice job there, right? When they lost Freddie Freeman, he's like, well, whatever. We'll go get Matt Olson and like just re-backfill it is and keep on rolling. It might be. Man, oh man, <laughs> watching him at the plate, I'm like, that guy's huge. Yeah. And like that division is theirs to run away with, right? The Mets have gotten off to, like the Mets were, had outspent the world coming into this thing. What and about uh, the Pirates though? And it just, yeah, well. <laughs> again, Rob, in the Central, right? Not the East. So that division is is there again to ru- be run away with. Uh, but that's what makes... The, the two hit shutout over nine innings that Bassett threw. Unbelievable, man. Well, and and we've talked about it before, but you know, after the first game when he allowed nine runs on twelve hits or whatever it was, something terrible. Bassett, and then got off to a bad first inning in his second start. The 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 pitch calm thing and whatever, and you're just like, oh my god, this is going to be a bust. And he's been and, like elite. So since. And, and what was it you said? You said, hey. Could you find one of the 18 <laughs> pitches you throw and do it well? Which one of the eight pitches do you well, throw? <laughs> and then in that sh- in that shutout, doesn't get crushed. He gets he had seven different pitches that he threw at least six times. Yep. And you're like, that's fucking crazy. <laughs> like that is a huge diversity, and and I think nobody does that, man. He's got I, that one big sweeping curve that drops like yeah. <laughs> 26 mile per hour well, less than his fastball. And he's throwing it against his, the guy who caught him for a couple seasons yeah. in, in the ninth inning of that. And he's just, and he's dropping that on him. Here it is, man. And it, twice. And he's just swinging at it. And you're like, <laughs> you caught him. You got to know that's coming. <laughs> but that diversity. And, and I look at Barrios had a bit of a grind. Yeah. He, he didn't win the game, but. He went almost six for, you know, yeah. he, was at, he was at like, honestly, he was over 60 pitches through three innings. <laughs> um, but he, he grinded, he was grinding and grinding. And I got to, I got to wonder if his improved control and locations are also helped by, as Gosman said in the preseason, yeah, whoever's going to pitch behind Bassett because he has such a, an arsenal. Yeah. Right, and they have for the whole season, and and the Jays. It's like coming off behind the knuckleballer. Right? Well, this is you it. Fucked everybody. Get right swing behind up. Wakefield. <laughs> yeah, or yeah. Phil Necro for you sure. old school <laughs> listeners. Um, but yeah, you sort of have this. He's sat in that in that four spot, and Gosman said, "Yeah, whoever gets the pitch behind Bassett is going to reap the rewards." He's like everybody in the, everybody in the order. Yeah, and it was interesting that through six weeks, the Jays have had not had a starting pitcher miss a. Miss a start, yep. which, which is pretty remarkable, right? When you when you think about that, well, especially because a couple of them were getting just lit up, smashed. With, Maybe <laughs> can you skip your skip your start? Well, I wasn't even going to say. I meant by comebackers, right? Being pounded right back off them. A Gosman got one, I think, off the hip. I remember Two. Manoa get. Yeah, it was getting a little rough there for. A while. Well, Manoa was going to handle that. Seemed like He's every other dude. start, somebody's getting him. smashed. But Barrios is interesting because some of those. Starts that you're talking about, the one he had on Saturday, 
there's been one or two other ones where last year he's out in like the second or third inning and you're just blowing up your bullpen. He's found a way, even when he's not elite, he's not blowing up the pen like that. He manages to survive five or six, even when he doesn't quite have it and it doesn't explode on him, right? Which is, I don't know, for a number four, sometimes you'll take that, right? Just don't kill me here tonight, right? With well, you look at you look at with sat- seven innings of relief. <laughs> yeah, you look at Saturday though. He went clean, three up, three down, in the first inning. Yeah, and then there was traffic on the bases every inning he was in, right? And and, and large, that wears you down. Yeah. So, but he managed to make it five and two thirds. Yeah. When you're like, after the second inning, they had a, anyways, they did a great job. He did a great job in terms of, of just as you say, surviving, minimizing. And I, I think we've hit Atlanta in a bit of a, they, they're a bit of a swoon. Yeah. We'll take it. Right. That yeah, they're not they're, gonna have many of those. Well, and they are, they have like three guys with a, with a, like a, like a 900 or better OPS. Yeah. If, if there's not four of them. <laughs> Right, like they're just they they were tearing the cover off the ball, yeah. and we've sort of hit them in in a spot where, you know, it's a combo of 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 good pitching here and them in a bit of a cool spot because there has been some sometimes in the, just in this last Brave series where, man, bases loaded with nobody out, and you get out of that without allowing a run, that was if you were if it was in the Red Sox series, yeah, we're giving up a double off the wall <laughs> in, in that right. In terms of in these your dilapidated stadium, we have yeah, no off, idea where that's going to bounce. Off that <laughs> corrugated aluminum wall out there, that when it hits it, it goes dang. Yeah, you know, fuck it. and you hear it sounds garbage, man. Like, <laughs> yeah. so anyways, you can put whatever green coloring and whatever you want to do. It doesn't help. It looks like that turf you put. Our on building's there. classic. Your building's a shithole. Yeah, <laughs> Get exactly. your shit vintage, right vintage matters. I think is what we're going okay. with. Yeah, but. I also said when, when, uh, Romano came in on, uh, on, and how are you feeling about the continued following him down? No commercial break between the eighth and the ninth. I thought it was cool early in the season and it, maybe there are certain moments doing it every time it's, it's kind of lost. It's, but, but at the same time, would I rather watch commercials? Not no. really. So oh, for sure. Get right it, to right? it. Yeah, exactly. Get right to it. Um, and it's, I find it's way better in the night. Oh, for sure. Where you can they got the, the light show going and the, the music lights, and stuff. Yeah, he's coming out in the afternoon of like the bright blue sky, and you're like, the I'm light. just waiting though. The way they've built those bullpens, like somebody's gonna blow an ankle coming down the steps or something. I'm fired like, up and I'm running down the stairs. Like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, forget and a baseball. nice grippy rubber ramp would have been good yeah, on our side, and then like a treacherous like the stairs a from fireman's, hole, a fireman's uh, pole. And the, <laughs> on the opposite side for the, uh, for the opponent, I want the stairs from home alone with the, the nails sticking out of it and some kid bombing paint cans at them. Yeah, okay. <laughs> See, there you go. That'd be fun. Come on, baseball. Like let's, let's get after this. I, so. I'm a little over it and I don't love the tune and, and the daytime with the light show and you're like, nah, all right. And, and, and I was saying, I was watching it with a couple of people and I'm like, I'm a bit shaken. Romano is, mm-hmm. is shaking my sort of confidence, right? Yep. In terms of as recently as the Phillies yeah. mid- midweek, right? Yep. Where you're like blown save and you're like, oof. But he came in three up, three down. Yeah, he's earned the, the benefit of the doubt for now, but I'm with you. I'm not as confident as I have been at. Uh, I don't like the hair in front of the ears. What are you doing, <laughs> there, man? What are you doing? Tough stretch coming up for the next several weeks. It's every day, and it's it's the Yankees. It's that like tough schedule here ahead. Well, Braves so, Yankees is a raise. Uh, yeah, so you've you've got a lot of uh, tough games here. Um, and the stat was the AL East has five of the top nine records in MLB. Yeah, the fifth are, place 
AL East team would be leading three or four other divisions. Yeah. Like, fucking garbage. On, what are you doing to me here? Yeah. yeah. But so I am, and if you watch this team, and to me, again, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to harken back to the Saturday game. They did it right. Like, to me, that was a game where they had five stolen bases. It, it just, Kiermaier, when Kiermaier, he's on. Man, still doing it. And let's harken back to them signing it. And Matt was totally, totally against the signing. Yep. True, Matt. And now you had Shulman and Buck Martinez saying, sign him for an extension today. <laughs> but in terms of what we he wait. brings in the outfield, and you watch him stretching that single into a double on Saturday. He's doing that all the time, eh? Like I he leave leaves that as a, as a ring. You're like fuck that guy. Yeah, he's eating us up every time we play him. But like he leaves the box, assuming everything's a double. And if he has to pump the brakes at first, he will. But like he's coming out thinking I'm getting to second. I love that. Yeah, I love that like when that. it's and, and so and Merrifield, you know, he's he's getting a, mm-hmm. a semi regular second base spot spot duty in the outfield. But you got to have that bat in yeah. the lineup. He yep. stole two bases on Saturday night. And to me, the the the, the pitch clock. The bigger bases, more stolen bases, like Acuna got on there and like, don't throw. Don't even bother wasting the throw down. He's taking second and third. <laughs> like, just go. Go over there. So, but he just walk across the top. Yeah, no, no, this is it. Right? Single. <laughs> yeah. Go ahead, man. We'll just give you that because I don't want to, I don't want to waste the throw into, into yeah. center, potentially into center field. Um, so the rule changes, I've, I've loved it. One of the things that people have talked about a little bit is, has the pitch clock helped Kikuchi in that? Don't think, man. You don't have time to think. Just fucking throw Just the throw. ball. Just throw the fucking ball, man. And there's something to that, maybe. Because he, there was a talk a lot last year that the things they were asking him to do, and when he'd stand there, and if he'd start to think. I want to throw it. Uh, this is my pitch. This is what I, and he, it'd get crushed again. And so he just goes back to the mound, looks, they, the thing comes in his ear, right? The pitch, uh, pitch calm and go. Because you don't have time to sit and wonder what to do next. And maybe that's doing a little something for him, right? Just I, reach back and chuck it, man. Yep. Just give her. So I have, and I think I said at the beginning of the season, I'm all in. I, I watch at least a part of every Jays game. Like yeah. I don't miss. So I am dialed in. I like the brand of ball they're playing. Good defense. Bo still likes to pitch the, Fuck. the odd ball. Like, <laughs> like even yesterday, or even Saturday, there was this, should have been a double play ball. And you're like, oh, no. And then he pitches the other one away against the Phillies, I believe. And you're like, well, since he came into the league, he is tied for most errors as a shortstop. But you watch the way that guy hits the ball. Yep. You're like, all right, I'm. I guess it'll be fine. I'm, I'm willing to let it go, yeah. right? But I am. I am big. We'll see what happens with the bullpen. I am. You know, Garcia again. I'm. There's a lot of Jimbo. Sort of, there's a lot of bit of. I don't know, man. I don't know. But I'm loving Swanson. Yeah. I'm loving what he's bringing. He's a hungry man. What's that? Swanson's hungry man dinner. Okay. So I'm like. I thought he's your man, hungry, hungry man. man. Yeah. I'm like, all right. But anyways, so a miss. so to me, yeah, for both of us, I yeah, think. I think so. It's been a little. It's in- funny that it is still only mid-May. So. Yeah, yeah, but it's been a little inconsistent, yep. right? And yep. and they are coming into this afternoon's game sort of six or seven above. 23 and 16, I think, starting today's game. So it's hard to, hard to really bitch, but. I, but we're like going to do it. I'd like to see them push for 100 wins. Okay. No, really. I, I know you would, but, but to me, we all would. When you have the rotation you have, you have the batting order you have, like and and the, the good fundamental, the you know, you know, is the, the outfield and the two corner guys, you can't complain, right? In terms mm-hmm. of defense now. I know. But uh what I have sitting here 
We're going to take a break. Is another beer? Yeah, we're going to get a beer. We're going to have a piss. Rob says, is he starting to sweat? Like, is there another beer? <laughs> uh, but I have found, this is from year one of the podcast. Oh, delicious. Uh, the guy who used to produce these for us and put them together, his name was Brian. He went through a bunch of the early episodes, just grabbed some of the more outrageous moments or clips or crazy oh shit God, getting set. But they're, as I listen to it, I'm like, I don't even remember what the hell we were talking about in that one. Like, it's all out of context. If you were listening to those first 20, 30 episodes, you know, they, it was probably hilarious at the time. I still think most of this is good, but there is a lot of out of context stuff. But it'll give you a feel as we go back eight years to the stuff that we were talking about and, and how this show sounded um, to the tune of uh, Tall Cans in the Air by Transplants, which was something of a theme before we got big enough that I started getting cease and desist letters. People, start, <laughs> people start to listen because, yeah, the music has really changed. It right? had to, right? Once people notice your show, yeah, now you got copyright infringements to deal with and stuff. But we'll throw this one down here and uh, we'll see you after we grab another beer. Open up your mind holes. We're about to toss some knowledge in there. No, get out your fucking umbrellas because it's going to rain cold hard facts. And both are completely inaccurate. Inaccurate. I'm feeling slightly intoxicated. Recognize, bitch. Doesn't it seem like my interpretation of what was stupid might be different than what you thought might be stupid? That was incredibly cerebral when you just said there. Is this fucking spoon clean? I blew up your loser boyfriend on an asteroid. That unwashed, ignorant, great mass that is the general public, which I include myself in. Right. It's never fun to go to the movies and have people like inappropriately touching themselves next to you, but it happens. <laughs> I seem to be partially insane. Well, you're oh, drinking. Oh, you're lady, not. you're the last one to hit the button because you're an idiot. As long as you don't knock over the beers. No, that's fine. It's for love, man. Nah, fuck. Don't kill love. I got shit in my pants. That's how that goes. He's like, yeah, going for two. I give no fucks. Whose fucking stoner glasses are these? The Mexican singer's tampon pops out on stage and she finishes the show! It's bad, I still like the song. <laughs> in Rio, honestly, we had, I had to buy four square blocks of businesses out of beer because... <laughs> We're really just yeah, testing your scruples. Exactly. <laughs> the default is you're going to die in a horrible, <laughs> fiery, scalding, burning death. Well, it'd all be fucking dead. We'd plummet to the ground in a burning oil can. That's what would happen. And if you could put your gun away. Yeah, exactly. Your Glock. Yeah, if, you know what? If you, if you if you program it to save you, it blows up as you do. instantly. Yeah, right there in your driveway. Oh, you lose. Wrong answer. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> That's the Darwin. That's the Darwin machine. Yeah, we don't need you anyways, Flip. And I bought a pile of hardcore porn. <laughs> a pile. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I don't know how we get in these places. <laughs> I just steer us there. <laughs> greasy sack. As you Your greasy me. sack. <laughs> as you, that's, that's all you ladies out there. That's airport sack. That's all that is. I felt like a knob, and I'm pretty sure my uterus fell out on the floor. <laughs> like, it was bad. I'd like to say that's probably... We've, we've had a lot of things on this show. Probably the Uteruses? first time we've heard the word uterus on the show. <laughs> and they do fall out. <laughs> Oh my god, it was horrible. <laughs> oh, time to wind this one down. Yeah. Yeah. Cut the cord! We're done here. There's uh, year one highlights of the Talk Him <laughs> Audio podcast. Um, there are moments I remember. The idea that uh, if, you, if, if you program it to save you, it blows up immediately was... Self-driving cars? Self-driving cars that would, they w- the computer would make the decision to save the most possible lives unless you override it to know always save me. And we thought that was a fairly <laughs> shitty thing. To- your car would just explode in your driveway. Yeah, no problems. Yeah. We'll, we'll figure this all out. I all- killed your loser boyfriend on an asteroid was what I thought should have been the ending to Armageddon instead of dad staying behind. Sad face. Remember, yeah, having to yeah, drop Bruce the Willis. nuclear weapon. Yeah, it, no, it, yeah, we left your fucking boyfriend up there. Fuck him. Sorry. Fuck you, Ben Affleck. Well, we can all relate to that. Yeah, right? for sure, man. We so. all have in-laws. Yeah. So. And and the airport sack. The airport sack was a... Was the baby wipes on, on especially that sort of, you know, Canada to Australia flight. Long flight. Somewhere in between, you need the undercarriage to get a good swab. <laughs> It's a long time, man, to be seated. That temperature gets warm. You're like, I could use a little refreshing. But I think I wasn't far off earlier when I said our, our punk rock days, the, the the unpolished A content and then B sound quality, like it, you can still tell it's just that one USB mic. It's Not the, bad though. Yeah. Not yeah. bad. Uh, we're speaking in between uh, pillow Those cushions. Stoner glasses are these. <laughs> Well, there's a lot of spoon clean. Yeah, there's a lot of things you hear in that where you're like, mm, I don't. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, eight I think, years ago, right? and I think the that the one it was that from the 100th episode with the inappropriate touching in the theater next to you. No, no, way before that. That would have been like episode like 30 or 40, okay, or something. But all right. Anyways, it's, yeah. To me, it's there's lots of gold in there. Mm-hmm. There's lots of gold in there, and that does give you a good idea. Where of, this started of the origins, the genesis of this of this podcast, which again worth noting, you know, for those of you picking up and leaving at, at different times, yeah, um, yeah, I always saw it as as we would get legitimate people on here talking about legitimate things, and your idea was always, yeah, it's 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 supposed to be, it's pub supposed talk. to be about pub talk. It's yeah. supposed to be about y- people listening in on a, on a personal conversation. Mm-hmm. Which is funny, and 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 again, longtime listeners will have no problem believing this. I don't, I don't know if Rob ever knew that starting it up. Oh. <laughs> Rob's just showing up drinking beer, drinking beer, and and, and at some point, gin and tonic, today. right? Yeah. A pile of gin, yeah, taken down in those early shows too. A lot a pile of, of hardcore porn, yeah, inebriated, <laughs> <laughs> that was yes. or intoxicated, Slightly whatever, intoxicated. yeah, whatever it was. You're like, yeah, all right. Well, there's been times where you're like, you got that feeling, like, oh man. You overdid it, Holmes. You had too much to drink. Do you think there's a possibility that Ryan Reynolds had too much to drink and that's how he ended up at some point just spitting out 
eh, maybe I'll just fucking buy the Ottawa Senators and then woke up sober one day. Oh, this is, I'm not doing that. That's yeah. a fucking terrible idea. Well, we the- had on Thursday, I guess it was at five o'clock, Katie, uh, Katie, Emily Kaplan reports that, uh, that he and the Remington group have pulled out. I recorded a show that night saying, yeah, maybe not with three, four days ahead of time. You might be trying to get somebody's attention, yeah. right? Um, as we sit here now, this will drop on Monday morning. That is deadline for, uh, the bids. Deadline day. Yeah. For everybody's bids. And we haven't heard <laughs> another update on it. Um, that doesn't mean someone else hasn't reached out to, to Ryan him Reynolds. specifically to join their group right. or, uh, what might happen there. But what was your take when this all kind of came out that he, that group was pulling out? Yeah. Disappointed. Disappointed. Uh, we don't need a celebrity to be part of the ownership group. Um, somebody put it way more succinctly than, than I could have, at least on the, on the moment. The reality is we need an ownership with deep pockets mm-hmm. and stay the fuck out of the, out of the way in terms of the running of the team. Yeah. That's still a possibility. Reynolds was always, when you look at what he's done with Mint Mobile, what he's done with, um, Rexham. Aviator Gin, and especially what he's done for the brand of a fifth division soccer team. Which he apparently decided was a better investment than the Ottawa Center. So either way, right, anybody with a hundred million Twitter follows or Instagram, whatever it is, yep. it is not a bad idea of what that could do. That can only help the brand. Mm-hmm. But ultimately, at the end of the day, there are still groups and I don't need a celebrity. I don't. So I liked him for all the reasons I just mentioned. Sure. I don't need the weekend or I don't need Snoop. And the Nico group. and the Nico Sparks group. I need I need somebody who is going to put a pile of cash in here and stay the fuck out of the way. So I was disappointed, sort of, but it's not the end of the world, right? For me, yeah. One of the things that I said on Thursday night when I recorded was, "This is," and maybe it was unavoidable. Like you can't control who gets involved, but there is now anger and frustration and disappointment where there never should have been any. Right. When you look at where this thing has come from March of 2022 when Melnick passes away to where it is now, yeah. this path has been Arrow up. just fantastic, right? Like this is going to end up in a good place, yeah. in a very good place. And uh, the, the, the ride on the celebrity thing was fun. Seeing Snoop talking on first take on ESPN to Stephen A. Smith about the Ottawa Senators is something that yep. you never would have seen. Uh, Ryan Reynolds on The Tonight Show talking about the Ottawa Senators. All of it has been awesome. But if you just, in an alternate universe, remove all the celebrity from it and you just go from March of 2022 and we're like, okay, we're going to start to put together the process and then we'll do... Are they going to sell? Who's going to... Um, you know, run that, who's letting people in to see the books. And we're hearing somewhere in the neighborhood of $650 million. And then a couple months go by and we're hearing like $800 million and a couple more months go by and it's like a billion dollars. Like everything about this has been all upside, but in between there, everybody sort of got attached the idea of Ryan Reynolds as well. Well, you see him in the you see him in the in the of course here in the wave. And you see him sitting with Lundqvist in, at MSG. He's coming in and meeting the mayor, right? Like all of these things. Well, he's taking the selfie, and who's whose photo is right behind him? Daniel Daniel Alfred. That's probably just coincidence, right? Coincidence, Couldn't have, yeah, for sure. sure. But you also have Bettman saying, 
hey, we don't sugar know mommy, who's going to be. Daddy. The, we don't know who. <laughs> yeah. the, but Reynolds, blank, blank, blank. But this was the whole thing with the Remington group when we all thought Reynolds would probably sit out the bidding process and attach himself to the winning bid. I will invest with you. Anyone with half a brain would have welcomed him in to be part of that group. It was brilliant by the Remington group to go, okay, we have a solid bid and we see that everyone's getting attached to him. So we're going to attach him to us. And now that's fallen apart. And it just, it's kind of a bummer. Who was the Arizona equivalent of for Ryan Reynolds when they were looking at the coyotes? Holly Shore. <laughs> Encino Man. I don't, Rob Schneider. <laughs> I love it. We can't do better than Polly Shore, man. I don't, know, I don't know where you pulled that out, but that's uh, Polly Shore is about right. Yeah, that's 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 the thing, man. Um, yeah, it, it it's just a bummer now. Like the 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 things I was seeing on Sen's Twitter, the texts that AJ and Lee were reading out as the news was breaking about back to this being an embarrassment of an organization oh, and easy. a joke of a easy. league. And man, it's never had to be this way. This yeah. ownership is still going to be so rock solid. And it, it just kind of sucks that this is now a point of resentment or anger. Well, I get it. Like you've lost something, but you never really had it yeah. yet. I've borderline berated you over the past couple of weeks about your any number fucking of <laughs> lifestyle choices, right. uh, fashion, yeah, sense. just just, just the idea of we need nobody wants reasoned takes. People yes. want like crisis, but the reality is every every there's a faction of every fan base that is sky is falling, that yep. is chicken little, right? Yeah, and so I think for the most part. There are those who go, yeah, you know what? It's too bad. And I, and you did think it, it was just- too bad. You just thought it was a fait accompli, right? Yeah. That this was going to happen. And then it didn't. But at the end of the day, there are still ownership groups. Like I like, uh, to me, I've always liked the Ann Lauer group. Mm-hmm. Um, a little history there with the Canadiens. Yeah. With the, with Kimmel group's got some history with the Penguins. AHL. There's just a bunch of things happening, right? And and so you go, there's there's guys with who are billionaires- yep. Yep. who are still looking to buy this team. And with so huge plans, like not just the team, right? Like this, the team is part of a, for almost all of these groups, a much bigger, yeah. whether it's redeveloping out in Canada or God a nightlife no. and zone And that, that would else. be the worst idea well, ever. If they, I if, get it. If they, if they, people will be in this market, people will be disappointed, even with a new building in Canada. Right. Right. You have to be, if not a LeBreton, you have to be over near train yards or you have to be somewhere on the LRT centrally located. Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah. LeBreton is bonus because it's, it's, it's tight to Gatineau, the old Hull district of Gatineau. Yep. It's, it's right there across the bridge, centrally located for those in the South or the East end. Like to me, you want to, and the condos and the nightlife that go in there would reinvigorate a, a pretty sort of stagnant downtown, especially as the feds are doing more, work Mm -hmm. from home, um, bringing more people to down. So to me, there's two things that have to happen here, right? It is, it is an ownership, but those who want to make money, if you're going to pay a billion dollars for the Ottawa senators and then have to spend five or 600 million on a new arena, man, you better be recouping cash. Well, this is some kind of real estate. Yeah. Like the Ryan Reynolds thing apparently stems from that group asking for a 30 day exclusive window to talk to the NCC and the city and see if you can fix, because I guess it's down to like six acres that the NCC, okay. 
the initial plan years ago, and we talked in the early days of this 52? podcast. Yeah, it was a huge piece of property you were going to have to do all this nightlife stuff and other things around it. Oh, and at some I point, love the nightlife. everybody I moves on without you. On the disco go round. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, they've moved on and they, it, it wasn't as good of a plan. So here's six, build your arena. The rest of it, we're doing nothing with. So they want to come back in and go, no, we need something more than that. They want to negotiate, but everybody else, you mentioned the Ann Lauer group. They have history with the NHL. The Kimmel group has history with the NHL. They know how this stuff works and they would have raised, raised hell. Like nobody's business. You're not giving those fuckers extra time to go and work this at the same time. If you're the Remington group, and as you said, I'm about to spend a billion dollars, I'd like to know I'm going to have some ability to recoup this on other things. I don't necessarily blame them for walking away if they're not sold yet, that their vision can play out the way they want. So it sucks, but the senators are a piece of a bigger plan here for all of these groups. And that's why I don't think Sens fans need to be concerned at all. These groups. It's a large piece of the pie. But it is of course just it is, a yes. piece of the pie. Yeah, it is the centerpiece of the pie. And, and that's what they're going to build around. And so, yeah, it's a bummer that Ryan Reynolds is out. But if you had stepped back into March 2022 and said, yeah, yeah. you'd never heard the name Ryan Reynolds, but that team's going to be sold for like a billion dollars. Like, Holy Christ. Well, like, it's, it's like we it's like you see with, you know, a super hot real estate market and you go. My home is worth seven hundred fifty thousand dollars. The house next door, which is a shittier home, just sold for seven fifty. Yeah. And you go, oh, then the market cools, and you're like, it's now selling for six fifty. You go, I've lost a hundred thousand. No, you haven't. You never had it. You never had that money. Yeah. So yeah. it is one of those things where you go, well, you lost something you never had, and so yeah, would it be nice? But at the end of the day, I was always Team Snoop anyway. Eyes on the prize, right? <laughs> like you look at what. Uh, I believe it's Jeffrey Vinnick owns a Tampa Bay. Yep. Like you look at what that guy's done, big, deep pockets, stays out of the way, lets hockey people make hockey decisions, mm-hmm. hopefully brings in hockey people to make good decisions here. And we go forward, right? But so to me, it's not the end of the world. People are just fixated on the Deadpool thing. So to me- uh, uh, Dead bid, I say. Okay. There. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Matt. Thank you. Uh, the other Ontario hockey team. Is there two? There was two. Oh, there is two. Yeah. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes, very, there is. Very million dollar man. Laugh. Two time. Two time. Everybody's got a price. Yep. Uh, they lost. You may have noticed. They're out. Five games. Ah, yes. And... I don't know where, look, I, w- I yeah. was pretty honest with you when I, when I texted you, I got very little on this because I've talked about it after every game yep. and, uh, and whatever. So I, I don't know what your takeaway was or Hand what you baton, wanted right? to we'll, see. Okay. We'll just go. <laughs> sure. Let's, let's do that. <laughs> you got a dumb face and I don't like you. All right. <laughs> that works. Mm-hmm. It, it's, it holds. Uh, a very sweet face you have for those who don't know Matt. It's, yeah. uh, it's friendly. It says, hug me. Please don't uh, hug me. Just don't kiss me on the lips. Um, <laughs> don't hug me. Don't touch me. Everybody just stay away from me. Yeah. That's oh! That is really, that is really the, the default for Matt. Yep. Um, yeah. And I have no interest in the X and O's and, and I've said many times in this podcast, 
Uh, my team has not made the playoffs for, is it 12 years now, Matt? 15? No. Uh, I do take great joy and passion. Mm-hmm. Passion. I draw passion from the Leafs. Um, and their failures. And their failures. 100%. And, and this year. Just fuck off, bitch. Yep. Um, Matt's got all kinds of hot buttons well, over there. I'm just pressing the buttons here. Yeah, now. and and it, it just sort of, I don't know, man. This feels um, excellent. <laughs> excellent is, the way, is where I would go. But watching, and I did, I I, I flipped over to watch the the aftermath. Felt so good, he flipped over. Yeah, roll over. <laughs> um. Yeah, they went to the Oilers to the Oilers Vegas game, and I I thought, no, I'm going to flip over to Sportsnet One and see the post game interviews. See, I didn't even watch those. Yeah, well, why would you? And and the thing that that it comes down to, they spoke to Morgan Riley, who was on the verge of tears. I love these guys. I don't want a thing to change. I love you, man. Yep. And you had Mitchie, and you had Austin. Fuck, man. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Mitch Marner, to me, he was, and, and again, yeah. Oh, his was, we all have contracts. Yes, exactly. And, <sighs> and to up, me, man. the thing is, up, you man. have, you have the reporters and you see it on Ottawa. I listen to every Ottawa game day scrum. You have the reporter who asks the same question to every person. You're like, oh. and so the person asking, you know, what do you think about this, you know, this core and whatever else. And yeah, Mitch is, to me, that was the best. Well, we all have contracts. And we don't have a say in this, so I'll either see you here. Now I'm paraphrasing and I'm making, extrapolating out on my own, but you know, we're going to be traded or we're going to be here in October. So we'll see. Um, to me, the difference is there was huge, there was no great sadness, sort of Morgan Riley crying because he was going to lose his bros, bro, bra, bra. <laughs> um, that there's got to be changes. But he's saying, I don't want to lose anybody. I don't want to, I don't want anything to change. But it's, to me, that is the most fascinating part, right? Is, is to me, there was this huge sort of, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Or I knew, like, it, th- there wasn't the past years That's of, how I felt. Yeah. Well, and now the players feel the same way, which if there was ever. But for me, it was since game three. Yeah, clearly. The, the, you were, Whatever anger or devastation or sadness or whatever there was was after game three. At that point, you're just, all right, how many is it going to take, right? And right. I, I, I think I said this. Put the, start the clock. After, like, going into game four, and I think I said it on the post-game show after game four, my mood for that was, just go away. Like, yeah. you're, you, just, you're just going to give me hope? Not even that. I mean, yes, there it, was a bit of that. Had it got to game seven, would you not have been like, of fuck. course, man. Fuck you, whore masters. Yeah. <laughs> Masters. You're you're gonna stretch this out. That Mark Masters nickname. Yes. <laughs> and then you're gonna stab me in my open yeah. heart. Yep. But this was games one and two. Ah, things went wrong. Yeah. And I, I, as we talked about last week, I remained optimistic. Would be too strong, but not like yeah, you're down two nothing. But this Florida team's not that good. To be, you might be fine. And you just completely no show game three. And so even in game four, where most of the guys did play better, I just went into that with a very, just, just fuck off. Like I, all the goodwill that came from winning and beating Tampa. Yeah. 
all of it was just sort of like, you still have that in you to show up in a game that important and literally bring nothing to the table. I just, I, I was just, let's get on with it. Whatever is about to happen, let's just get to that because you're not winning the series. Right. Okay. And, and that is, to me, there was great resignation. Like, uh, to me, instead of sadness or anger, there was like a, huh. Uh, like a shrug of the shoulders with the hand, that little meme with the hands out to the side, yeah. shrug of the shoulders, like, I don't know, man. Here we go. This is what we do. And so it is one of those things where the Leafs are so fascinating because I think Dubas has done a great job. Like, okay. And, and if I can ask you in a, in a, mm. in a vacuum, mm. do you think that Keith has done a bad job? Yes. Do you think that Dubas has done a bad job? No. Okay. Perfect. Then there's your starting spot. Yeah, of course. But Dubas isn't looking for my <laughs> no, no. endorsement. He may not get to... I don't think there's any chance Keith is back, even if Dubas does survive. Which also brings up our DJ Smith, yes. Sheldon Keith conversation, which isn't a bet because we had no idea. It was just something we who dropped a, a season longest. and a half ago, I think, which was who lasts longer. I And at this point, like Dubas, to me... They both could be fired within the next, four like literally anyways. by four p.m. on the, on Monday. Like, uh, it's possible. Well, it it might I, happen while we're sitting here. I, I, I actually asked you I, after on my text. I'm like, do you think Sheldon Keefe can make it till Senators' ownership change? Because right. that may be when DJ's but fate is solved. Dubas has made mistakes. There's no doubt about it. And you don't have to look any further than Matt Murray. Uh, that that is that is the that's reeks of desperation it as it, as it did last summer and right? he was healthy yep by the time they needed him and they went nope Joseph Wall get in there well and, and Joseph and, Wall was fine and, and Keefe's and Keefe's when they said did you ever consider Matt Murray nope no nope. <laughs> <laughs> no elaboration cannot be any clearer and, and you're like we want that guy to be healthy so we can buy him out and get <laughs> get gone we don't want to so risk he can have a great season at. Arizona State University next this year. This is it. This is it. And so to me, it's 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 super interesting because if you fire Kyle Dubas, I've said it, we've said it on this, both of us, I'm sure, he'll get a job. Perhaps in the next week or two. In a heartbeat. Perhaps right? in Pittsburgh. And this is the interesting, I think Dubas, and it's been reported here, it's been oddly quiet. There's only been one or two people sort of willing to hint at it. That there is dissension between Shanahan and Dubas right now. Which is strange because... This is boy. They, you're my boy, Blue. They, they've been sort of at the hip. Right. And so there, no one has said anything about what that is over. Which guy is trying to pull in which direction. Um, but that there's tension there. Where's Mark Hunter at? And so if Pittsburgh was to say to Dubas, come be president... You won't have a Shanahan in your way. Even if he wants to stay here, you can't promote him to president in Toronto. Like he's, you can give him a new contract and leave him here as GM, but unless you're willing to fire Shanahan. I was going to say, is Shanny untouchable to you? No. Here? Do you think Shanny's untouchable to the board? That's more interesting. He's been here nine years now. Like there's no reason he should be untouchable go, go like anybody one. else. The first thing he did was re-sign Randy Carlisle when that was clearly over, right? Like that wasn't working anymore. So I, you know me, man, I'm a little biased here towards Dubas. 
right? Do it. I, I right. like lead into it, Matt. I like what he has done for the most. But he, I, I, I haven't shied away from. I did multiple pods last summer. Going, I don't know what the hell you're doing with, with Matt Murray, right? With a couple of different things that they, and Dubas has sort of followed the Rob plan. Rob liked Nick Felino and and Rob liked the you know. Let's hey, Rob li- loved the the acquisition of McCabe O'Reilly. Yeah. Um, I Achari. think there's, and to be fair, I really liked O'Reilly. I thought that was a good, and Achari for that matter. I didn't like Shen. Now Shen turned out to be very good. He's playing your top two. Yeah. Funny that. Um, and injuring your goalie. Yeah. Well, you know, the good and the bad <laughs> that comes with it. I don't think, he, I don't think he made a bad move at the deadline this year. Uh, I, I don't you? know. You? What would you change? The only thing I would consider, McCabe was very good you in the Tampa series. He was not good in the Florida series. The the I think, and he was he almost had to. But if you recall back at that deadline, the thing that I complimented Dubis the most for on the McCabe deal was nice shirt. Two more years at just two million dollars, he managed to thread that needle of getting something you needed yep. and having it for. I wonder in hindsight. If you don't swing bigger, because you have to win this year, stop worrying about next year and the year after. Maybe you should have gone for Orlov, right? Maybe you should have tried to do something a little bigger. Orlov instead of Gustafson. Or instead of McCabe. Yeah, both, right? Sure. If you you have that one and you want to fill that one hole, take one instead of two. Yeah, like get the biggest possible fish that can help you right now instead of also. Now, to his credit... He's looking out for the organization long term, even with his job on the line. Well, and Orlov got Boston two more games than it gave yeah. Toronto. Uh, actually, got him several less games than. No, I meant head to head against the Panthers. Oh, true. But I, you know what I'm saying? Like, it, it, there are things that you can quibble with in hindsight. The biggest mistake that Kyle Dubas has made clearly was being too loyal to this group. Yeah, and that's over. Whether it's him or someone else. The thrill is gone. One of those guys is going to be gone at least. Like, does Austin Matthews just tell you? See you, Willie. I'm walking. Willie's, yeah. I know. He's the one who keeps showing up. I I know. I know. And and, and I'm saying seven million bucks or whatever it is. Crazy, but he and Morgan Riley were the heart of this team this offseason and in previous offseasons. Yeah. Like More Matthews, contract, I, I'm know. trying to be reasonable about Matthews. Five goals in six games in the first round. Fuck, man. Thank you. Great performance. None in the next round. Like, you fucking loser. Yeah. Right? Like well, and, and the snowball that, that, that builds, which is, oh, he sort of waits around and, and doesn't dominate a game like he should. He waits and then comes on at the end. Or it's this idea that a guy like that should be dominating. At this the game. point, we haven't yet had the Austin Matthews game where he just takes over, right? Like every superstar has had at least a couple of, right? And, and maybe and he, he just and, says, and he has a face that says, "Meh." Does he not have a face that yeah. just goes? I don't like getting into that stuff. I, th- okay. I think it's hard trying to read. Yeah, of course it. Of course it. Hey, when you score sixty plus goals, you got supreme talent. And this comes off as loser talk right now. That's but, loser talk. I think we're going to find out in the next day or two he's hurt somehow. Like all year, he's clearly been yeah, yeah. dealing with something. 40 plus goals is not what that guy's built for. Yeah. So I, I just, I don't know what happens now, but it's got to happen fast because on July 1st, Matthews and Marner both have full no move clauses kick in and Willie has a limited no trade kick in. Tavares already has a no move 
So you have to figure out the GM thing right now. And it can't be lukewarm. We'll give you a two-year deal and see if you can. You know, someone else out there is going to give him five. Like Dubas, I mean. Right? Yeah, yeah. And the fact that he has z- no contract. Yeah, this isn't about firing him. He can walk now. Yeah. Like You can't fire me. <laughs> I quit. <laughs> I've said that on the podcast multiple times. He's back next Sunday. That's for sure. Mild pay Maybe ways. not next Sunday, but no, maybe the no. Sunday after. Sure. I don't know now, man. I don't know where this goes. There will be change, but change is not going to be easy. You're selling on all of these guys if you're going to at at a low Right. Well, and because of contracts, short of Nylander, the contracts are all, you, you, you probably have to. Tavares isn't going anywhere. Yeah. You got to take less, less in return or you got to eat money. One of the two. Yeah. For talents. Uh, it's, yeah. It, and to me, as I said to you, I have zero interest in the X and O's of, of the finish. It's super interesting. And we do have a pile of time moving forward. Oh yeah. And, and there will this, be news this week, I would imagine, one way or another. But. It is, to me, the, the, the very different feel at the end. Um, Everybody knows something's. For sure. DGB, I sent you a link. Down goes Brown. I don't know if you bothered to read it or not. Oh, I forwarded it home and never read it. <clears throat> he had a great piece in The Athletic that was before, it must have been before game four. It was. And he said, one way or another, oh, or this era this is over. Right. They will get swept. And get oh. blown to pieces, right? Like, yep. or they will do the miracle thing and come all the way back and never have to be questioned for not having heart again, right? Because if you dig out of that hole and, and make that happen, you become one of those legendary teams and people have to give you credit. But he said, one way or another, this era is over and it's over. It's just a question of what happens. They're not rebuilding. This will not get no, blown up no, and no, going no, down no, to the no. studs. But it will change. It will be di- – and you can make trade. Like just last summer, the guy you just lost to, Matthew Kachuk, told them I'm out. They traded him for – like the Panthers, I mean, trade yeah. away Huberto and Uyghur for Kachuk. They fire their coach and their GM, and here they are going to the conference final. So you can do – well, you can make things happen. President's not- Trophy winning team last year, yep. they make that that seismic change. Yeah. And they, they scrape into the playoffs. All this talk of, well, this team is last year's president. Yeah. They're last year's president's trophy winners. And they were like a 20 point, 30 point difference. It's it's not the same team. No, it isn't. But it is a different complexion and approach to it. Yeah. And so, yeah, this Leaf team will be different. Yeah. And I think ultimately the cap will grow. I would change the coach. Yeah, I would. Keep I would the, too. I would keep the GM. In my the opinion, coach to me keeps looking like he gets rattled. He's tinkering too much. There's no continuity. Every game, there's I didn't know. We'll switch all the blinds, all the pairings. At some point, I understand like being open to it. We used to get mad at Babcock for not changing anything. Patrick Marlowe is our top line left winger until he's 48 years old. That's going to happen. This is. Could you just give it a minute? To marinate and see if this yeah. works now. now the blender is always like, out, right? <laughs> the blender is always out. And to me, out. that that's a panic, right? Like that's well, and, and I keep going back to the bubble. We had never. That's the first year of or the second year of Tavares in Toronto. We had never seen him and Matthews on a regular line together, and in an elimination game, they suddenly decide Matthews, Marner, Tavares is the top line. 
suddenly Nylander's now back in the middle, which he hasn't done all year. You're like, dude, like. Seems like a lot. Chill. Yeah. That screams, oh my God, right? Like, fix it, change everything. I, I, I don't think you can bring him back. You overthought it. Yeah. Yeah. Overcoach. And so, to me, that is, but I think he'll also get the job. He will. And, and so. He's not a terrible coach. No. And, and, and really, as much as I, I love to pile on the Leafs and, and it's, it, like, honestly, it, it's my second favorite thing. You've got a dumb face and I don't like you. But the reality is, as gleeful as I am, when you step back and you go, pandemic, mm-hmm. uh, cap, cap freeze, all these things, and you're like, fuck, it couldn't be. Nobody fun. got fucked harder somehow yeah. than the Toronto Maple Leafs. How good is that? It's not great. It's just, <laughs> just when you think there's no such thing as a hockey god and you're like, <laughs> yes, there is. Yes, there is. And he hates us. <laughs> yes. Job, the Leafs. Please stop smiting us. Like, exactly. <laughs> Locusts and all, it, yeah, all these things. Yes. And so to me, that is, yeah, unfor- I think on so many levels, the idea that you have a core that is 40 plus million and the cap never, never moves. You're like, eesh. Yeah, locked we, in months before the world closed. Yeah, and then you're yeah. like, yes, that's great. See, we've got these guys locked up. And in hindsight, and I and and I won't I won't turn my back on it. In the early years, you're like, you've paid Nylander way too much for that contract. And he's the tur- only one you're looking at going, fucking bargain, right? Yeah. Well, <laughs> and because he's one of those guys where he went 30 goals in that year, and you go 30, 35 assists, whatever it was, mm-hmm. and you're like. Ah, I'd like to see more. Yeah. Well, Here it is. all he's done is, is do that. Right. And I, it, I, I, even when you start talking about the way we like to talk about these guys or the media, they're like, uh, I talked about this a bit after game five, Mitch Marner is about 1.35 points per game in games one through four of all of his series. It's, it's like 30, it's 38 points in 26 games all the games one through fours through his whole career. He drops to 11 points in 22 games in games five through seven and this round two. So that guy, as the pressure ratchets up, I don't think he stops trying. I think it's the opposite. Oh, for sure. It locks him up. Maybe too hard. William Nylander goes from being in games one through four, about 0.6 points per game where you're like, man, I wish he'd start faster, but he goes to about 0.9 points per game in games five through seven. So People don't love the way he plays or his personality or something, but that's a guy who ramps it up when you need him to. And and, and I always rip on him. Yeah. Like he's a, to me, he is the lightning rod. But those are the numbers. Like, Uh, And and all I'm going to say is, yeah, he has that enigma kind of thing all about him. mm -hmm. I think Chris Cuthbert called him the mercurial. Yes. (laughs) And and, and so the thing is that- And he wasn't perfect either. Early in the series, he made some- baffling defensive gaffes. But that quote yeah. they had from him after game f- four or three, with three or four, whatever it was, and he's like, yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait because yeah. this is when it matters most. This when he ties it up in game five. Bad goal though, man. Yeah, yeah, I'd, fine, like, but, I'd like I'd like goalie Bob to grab that. But that's a great shot. He's waits and waits and waits until he has to drop and as soon as he starts to go down, you whip it up over the shoulder. Yeah. Well, it's a hard shot too. for sure, yeah. but I, I would like that short side taken away if he can. But in terms of passion, right, if you want to get into Willie doesn't care and these yep. sorts of things, they show his face, they show the goal up on the big screen 
and then he sees his own face on the bench up on the big screen and he throws his arms up and goes, let's fucking go to the crowd, right? Like he's, yeah. let's do this, right? I'm yeah. he, that's a guy who cares, right? Well, For all the times people say he doesn't, that fucking guy cares. Well, cause he delivered his, I can't wait cause it's the biggest moment. Yeah. Right. And, but he delivered it in a deadpan delivery, right? And so, but he's saying that is the thing you want to hear. Yeah. And, and you hear it from that guy and for some reason you go, ah, right. You don't, you're not going to do shit. Meanwhile, in the same presser, Mitch is like, we don't listen to you in the room. We're not, we're not, we're, dude, you are rattled and yeah. you're not selling anybody clearly, right now. Clearly and, you do. Yeah. Or you don't say shit like that. Right. What are you getting upset about right. that you don't listen to? I didn't hear that shitty thing you said about yeah, me. <laughs> exactly. And my dad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Anyways. Yeah, man. It's going to be fascinating. In, you know, like in the fortune cookie, may you live in interesting times, oh. man. I've had enough of interesting times. Yeah. I'd like to live in some dull times. Yeah. Well, I think the cap going up, keep the GM, change the coach. That was a bummer for me too. Florida, Carolina in the Eastern final. That's not going to help push that cap up as fast as I want it to. Yeah. No, no. That is, that is, that is less than, uh, and just interesting to see Saturday night, you know, are we, are, is the, is the legend of Jake Ottinger slightly yep. tarnished? Oh yeah. We couldn't hear, couldn't hear enough after the regular season in the first round mm-hmm. about what a stud that guy is with his stars and striped pads from the outdoor game at World <laughs> Juniors. Never liked him then. No. But anyways, just interesting, uh, uh, something to watch moving Seattle's forward. Seattle's hanging around, man. Man, hanging around like a bad fart. Uh, so are we. Eight years, man, of bad farts <laughs> hey, here on the uh, Tall Can Audio podcast. Fresh cigars, <laughs> or cigars and fresh farts. That's what it is. <laughs> um. Yeah. Eight years, baby. Not too bad. Here's it's looking at you, a, kids. It's been a hell of a run. Uh, we'll say thank you here to uh, to Brian who got us up and running, um, and, uh, and brought you with into all our errors. On, and there were many, <laughs> many. And there still are. Just none. <laughs> no. uh, and also a voice who continues to bring us into many episodes. Same to uh, to Amy who was around early days and, and introduced those um, or introduced many many shows. Maddie Lang doing those late night runs. That's getting those, hey, you up texts yeah, from, from the last person he wants to be getting uh, them from. It's booty call. <laughs> yeah. It's booty call audio version. <laughs> so uh, we appreciate that. Shrides and Vanessa who've stepped in later on. Uh, Bunda and Creech have done some, uh, you know, some some pretty regular appearances here. My so, man, Nate Sager. Yeah, early days. Um, Nate Sager made sure the podcast was not one of the people who died. That's a way back cut. Um <laughs> And, uh, it's been a hell of a run. Rob's been here for, what are we, this is 11, 16, uh, what do you, seven, eight, 900 of these things. Yeah, 850. Like, yeah. I'm putting it at 850. <laughs> All right. I think that's probably about right. So, uh, it's been a lot of fun and thank you to you, whether you jumped in recently or inexplicably have been here since day one. Um, we appreciate it. Thanks for your bad taste. Thanks for your bad taste. I'm suddenly uncomfortable with how that came (laughs) off. But wind this one down here. For Rob, my name is Matt. We'll see you next time. See ya! There's only so much time we can kill here Before we start to spin our wheels I've had time to run, but I'm still here Why we spin our wheels?
Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe to Tall Can Audio on your favorite podcast app and find us on social media at Tall Can Audio. 